don't have to preach after that. And I don't know how Kate could play and cry at the same time, but she did. But she did. Let's pray to God. Again, Father, you are so good to us. Thank you for giving us Jesus. Forgive us when we can take that for granted. We have seen so much in our lives. Many have walked through difficult paths. I've been with them this week. But you are there always doing amazing things. We are thankful. So Father, thank you for what you have given us and what you continue to give to us. Today we pray that you would give us your word and we would understand and apply. Thank you for each one here, not coincidence that we have gathered, but an answer to your divine calling from the youngest to the oldest. We thank you that we're together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today we're going to look at a very familiar story about uh, one of the disciples that I relate to a lot. Uh, not because of his faith, really, but because he spoke before he thought. Ever done that? If you had to guess which one, you'd probably guess Peter, wouldn't you? He did. The story we're going to look at is for our church and hopefully for us as individuals. The lessons that we're going to learn today, I'm going to tell you what happened, are that when you have a storm, and you will, Jesus will be there. With God, nothing is impossible. We're going to look at that. When Jesus tells you to step out, step out. After stepping out, keep going, no matter what is happening around you. And lastly, if you mess up, and you will, look to Jesus. <coughs> the section of scripture I'm going to read is from Matthew chapter 14, beginning in verse 22. Immediately, he, Jesus, made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking to them on the sea, on the water. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and screamed into God. And they cried out in fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, don't be afraid. Peter answered him, maybe without thinking too much. Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He wanted to do that. We just got back from the beach, and I tried. <laughs> Didn't work. And I saw people on surfboards. And my mind says, yeah. My body says, no, don't do that. Those little things you throw onto the, the skimming things, boogie boards, I think they, they jumped and run on them. I wanted to do that. I did, but walking on water, I see why Peter wanted to do that. And then Jesus said that one word that Peter might not have expected. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, 
He became frightened and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And I'm convinced that's when he got the nickname The Rock, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You have little faith. Why did you doubt? When the guy was the boat, the wind ceased. So the first point I told you we were going to talk about. When you have a storm and you will, Jesus will be there. The disciples and their master had had a pretty tough week. This section of scripture in verse 22 began the word immediately after these things. Well, John the Baptist had been beheaded. And Jesus was trying to get away and be by himself to pray. The crowds followed him. Well, they had 5,000 plus that they had to feed. And that's what happened earlier in this chapter. Jesus couldn't not minister to them. So he tried to get away, but he couldn't. And he fed a large hungry crowd. So from the great side to the seaside, Jesus finally got away to pray. The disciples got on the boat and headed west to Gennesaret on the Sea of Galilee, which is also known as the Lake of Gennesaret. And the wind blew and the boat rocked. And it was three in the morning and they saw something. And it's interesting because they had just seen such miracles with Jesus. Him feeding 5,000. Remember, there was food left over. Maybe they had it in the boat with them. Maybe they were using it as a pillow. I don't know, but they just seen so much. And all of a sudden, their faith went from here to here. Can you relate? Mine's not that. Mine's not that. They panicked and they were terrified. They thought it was a ghost and they cried out. Little did they know that Jesus was right there. When you have a storm and you will, Jesus will be there. And sometimes we remember. And sometimes when we're afraid, we forget. You remember the last words of Jesus according to Matthew? Jesus said, remember I am with you always to the end of the age. He's with you. Mickey and Jolene had to be keenly aware in the past seven days that Jesus was with them in belief. But just as he was with Mickey and Jolene, he was with you. Whether you recognized it or or not. If you've ever panicked or doubted or cried out or freaked out or worried yourself sick, you have forgotten that and I have too. I was in a restaurant not too long ago and saw a lady with two cute little girls sit down at a table not far from me and they began to eat. And I thought and there was no prayer and I thought the mother was robbing the children of an opportunity to have Jesus right there with them. Although he was, it made me afraid that they might be growing up at a table and in a house that didn't recognize that. That's sad. You've, you've noticed things like that. Yesterday I visited with a family that's had a tough week. About as bad as they can be. And it was my privilege to remind them that Jesus was with them through the storm that they had gone through. God is with them always. Don't forget that, whatever's going on with your life. For our church and the exciting things that God is, has in store for us, we all need to be keenly aware that God is with us. Next, with God, 
nothing is impossible. Jesus walked on water, and he had just fed an army with five loaves and two fish, and he calmed the wind. Later on in the book of Matthew, Jesus said in chapter 19, verse 26, with God, everything is possible. We hear that, and it sounds good, but do we really believe that? I hope we do. I hope the disciples' experience in the boat helped them to remember that. You have anniversaries that you remember, not necessarily of weddings and funerals, but you have anniversaries of uh, things that happened 9-11, December 7th, 1941. You have dates in your head. June the 2nd, tomorrow, is stuck in my head. June the 2nd, 1990, in Indiana, Hopewell Baptist Church, Virginia and I were for the past 15 years. We were not there in 1990, but it was a Saturday, June the 2nd, and they were having a graduation party in the basement of the church, the McNew family. And there were several dozen people in the basement having time fellowship. They got warned the storm was coming. So they decided wisely to stay in the basement. Friends of mine uh, were driving by the church and decided to park their van next to the church because they thought they would be safe. The tornado hit Hopewell Baptist Church. And it blew it totally away. Gone. The people in the basement miraculously were fine. The boys in the van had an interesting ride but kicked the windshield out and they're okay and they're their church today. So 24 years ago, the building was about a little white country church. You've seen them before. About 3,000 square feet. And in 1990, they decided to rebuild. And they rebuilt a church that was 12,000 square feet. They went four times bigger. And they had interesting discussions. You know how Baptists have interesting discussions. And they did, and they built their new sanctuary and their new education area and fellowship hall. And there were, the naysayers said a couple of things. They said, we'll never fill it up, and we'll never pay for it. Well, they did. They filled it up, and in seven years it was paid for. But that's not the end of the story. Since the 3,000 square foot building became 12,000 square foot, they added another 12 and then another 5 or 6. They're about 30,000 square feet now. And I got to see a lot of it in the middle of a cornfield in Indiana. And because of what I've seen in that cornfield and in my lifetime, I have stopped believing in the impossible. I don't believe in it anymore. I'm continually amazed at what God can do. The new sanctuary that they built that they said they would never fill up and never pay for, it's now their lobby because they need a bigger sanctuary. Two weeks ago, our church voted to buy the old property across the road. And on vacation, I wondered about that and wrestled with that. And God let me know nothing is impossible. And I believe that with all my heart. Point three. When Jesus tells you to step out, step out. 
Look at your neighbor and tell them I'm talking about David. Say, he's talking about you. I'm talking to David. If God tells you to do something, you better do it. I've known people in my lifetime that were miserable because God told them to do something and they didn't do it. You ever run into somebody like that? God told them to do something with their life and they didn't and it got bad. A few years ago, I was having difficulty in Indiana with a business until they found out I was a pastor at Hopewell. And all of a sudden, the person changed their demeanor and treated me like royalty. Because they come to a meeting called Circle of Love. It's a ministry to grieving people. Circle of Love started when God led dear friends of mine to start a ministry to a grieving couple that had lost their son. And lives have been changed because of what Lisa and David have done. And they'll never know the good that they have done. And that lady's life had changed and she loved me because of that. But you know what they had to do? They had to get out of the boat. It would have been very easy for them to stay alone with their pain and not do anything with it. They started a group and told everybody the story of their son and got people telling the story of their lives. And all of a sudden, a lot of healing was happening. When Jesus told them to step out, they did. And they could have used excuses that we all use. I don't know enough. Somebody else would be better at that. I don't have time. I'm too busy. I, you've done that. I've done that. They stepped out. I don't know exactly what you are called to do, but I do know this. If God told you to do something to step out, you'd better. Nine and a half months ago, Jeannie and I were called to step out to move to Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, fall that one, uh, we were very comfortable in the cornfields of Indiana. Indiana doesn't have traffic. They, they can't have traffic if they try. Atlanta has it. Usually at my age, people are leaving the chaos and moving to the quiet. What do I do? I leave the quiet and come to the chaos. If we had not, I'm sure that God would have appointed a great fish to swallow us both. Because he told us to. Comfort will keep you from getting out of the boat. And you have to sometimes get uncomfortable and do things despite your age or your health or your finances. If God tells you to go, you better go. Something else that we need to remember after stepping out, keep going. No matter what is happening around you. Peter saw the waves and heard the wind and began thinking that it was impossible and he began to sink. Briefly, he forgot who it was that he was walking with. He forgot who was there with him. And when we do that, we sink. And sadly, the roadside of the Christian journey is littered with those that have quit, those that have forgotten who was with them. I want you to do me a favor. If you were not part of First Baptist Church of Sandy Springs a year ago, if you were not part of this church family on an active basis, I want you to stand up. Not an active part a year ago. Now stay that way. What I want the one standing to do is to clap for those that are sitting. Is what I want. You may sit, thank you very much. Because the 
people that are sitting are those who kept on going no matter what. And there would not be a church here today without those people. And we need to be very grateful for them. So now that we're together, we need to keep going no matter what is happening around us. Finally, if you mess up, and you will, look to Jesus. Peter knew the answer when he began to sing, and he looked up and Jesus grabbed him. I bet Peter remembered that moment the rest of his life. We are in a room full of people that have messed up, led by a pastor who has messed up. But you know what? We are here. We are here. And that is good. Looking at Jesus like Peter saying, we're depending on you, God. You need to help us. And he is. And he has. And he will. So have God-sized faith. Faith like Peter that sometimes defies the odds and asks the things that just don't make the most sense and get out of the boat. So we will get out together. And it will bless our church and our businesses and our families and our children and our nation and the kingdom of God. And that's the good news. Let's pray together. Father, as Anna sang, give us Jesus.